If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another lovely day in Coachella Valley and in Los Angeles where I am. Um, let's just start with some news. There's lots of it out there. I mean, there, it keeps breaking all the time. So let's start with uh, sales. Uh, sales are really dropping a lot of places, and uh, they're hoping for a rebound in the coming months as the coronavirus uh, vaccine rolls out and more and more people uh, go back to work and those kinds of things. So, uh, But who is doing better? So in January and February of 2021, Tesla, Ferrari, Lotus, and Aston Martin. Now, Lotus is such a small volume manufacturer that it shouldn't be included in the list, uh, but Tesla is pushing uh, pushing its inventory hard from its China factory to the EU, and sales are taking off. Uh, Ferrari always does well, of course, because they sell every vehicle they make. Usually, most of them are pre-sold, uh, and Aston Martin is being rescued uh, by the sales of its DBX SUV, which is went on sale probably several months ago, but I think it's probably only getting into volume production right now and more deliveries, so that's really helping Aston Martin. So Dodge announced last week a new software upgrade for certain challengers and chargers that will add an extra layer of, of security meant to deter reckless joyrides and thefts. Uh, the upgrade available free of charge on any 2015 uh, or newer Dodge Challenger or Charger equipped with the 392-cubic-inch Hemi V8 or the 6.2-liter supercharged Hellcat V8 uh, adds a new double verification security system that can be customized by the owner. Uh, when active, the driver must punch in a four-digit encryption code before gaining access to the car's full capabilities. If the code isn't entered, the car will enter sort of a limp mode where its engine can't rev over idle speed. Now, that is really, really slow. I mean, if you're going at idle, the engine makes 2.8 horsepower and 22 pound-feet of torque, uh, which is barely enough to even move the car uh, you know, along the side of a road, let alone any sort of grade. So that will really definitely deter a theft, uh, deter, deter somebody from taking it because they could open the door and walk out of it faster than the car is moving. So uh, it, it's a good idea, but apparently there have been lots of what's happening is that there's key code spoofing that uh, what they can do is a thief who be fairly close to the car when you unlock it with the key fob, it can find the digital code and then it can uh, make its own key using the code that it gets. So that's getting, I guess that's easier for them to do these days. Uh, but the four digit secure, you know, pin that you, you know, punch in on the, on the touchscreen in the, in the car is, a, is, you know, it gives one extra layer of security because if they don't know that they're not going anywhere. Porsche announced a software update for the 2020 Taycan models, which adds many features introduced for the 2021 model year. 
The update doesn't affect range, but it does appear to boost performance slightly. Uh, the update also adds the uh, smart lift system for the 2021 Taycan, which is on the 2021 Taycan, uh, which automatically remembers locations where extra clearance is needed, such as uh, you know, speed bumps or steep driveways. Uh, Tesla's been doing this for years, actually, where they will, you know, on the Model S and Model X, where you have an adaptive air suspension, you don't have that. You don't have that on the cheap Model Three and Model Y, but on the more expensive cars with the air suspension, it will automatically know where you are. Like at a driveway, it'll automatically open the gate, and it'll also or garage door and will lift the front end of the car so it doesn't scrape. So this is a great idea because the Taycan, I think, sits lower than the Model S. So it's good that they're giving this to all of the cars and not just the 2021 model year. Um, it also gets an upgraded navigation system with lane-specific information and in-depth traffic information, as well as Apple CarPlay. Uh, a new charging planner lets uh, drivers set the charge rate and what percentage the battery charges to. However, the update doesn't enable plug-in charge, which lets drivers simply plug in and charge whatever you have on, you know, on file automatically through, you know, it's a pre-selected system. Tesla does this, of course, on its supercharger network, and Ford has enabled a similar system for its new Mustang Mach-E, but I guess Porsche can't do it, um, especially when its, it's uh, corporate parent, uh, Volkswagen, is, is building out a gigantic uh, charging infrastructure called Electrify America. So you'd think they could make it work with that. Um, <clears throat> they're also offering... Um, functions on demand, uh, which allow owners to add features like Porsche's InnoDrive autonomous highway driving function, uh, either permanently or through a subscription. So I guess it's like a adaptive, uh, you know, a level two autonomy, I guess, uh, like a Cadillac Super Cruise. Uh, and it, you can either pay for it, they don't say how much it's going to be, but pay for it, uh, the whole thing, or uh, subscribe to it. Uh, which is, I think, where things are going. So, you know, the software as a service is uh, is a big thing for future car uh, companies. And so this is just uh, introducing that. Now, what's weird about it is that you have to actually go to a Porsche dealer to have the software update. Even though it has the capabilities of over-the-air updates, you can't do it for this update. Strange. Uh, Volvo has announced that it has signed a, a memorandum of understanding with what ECARX, E-C-A-R-X, uh, which is to establish a joint venture whose goal is, developed, is to develop a next-generation infotainment system available on all Geely brand cars. ECARX was founded in 2016 in Hangzhou, China, and specializes in Android-based infotainment systems for cars. It has already worked um, with a number of brands, including Geely Brands, Lincoln Company, and Proton. Uh, the joint venture will be based in Volvo's hometown of Gothenburg, Swiss, uh, Sweden, and is led by a uh, John Eric, uh, Jan Eric Larsen, um, who also, of course, is with Volvo. Uh, currently, he's head of the R&D of Volvo in China, so I guess he's going home. Uh, it's expected to be operational in Q3 of 2021, and Volvo will be responsible for integrating the new system with its own cars, as well as the Polestar sub-brand, and eCarX will service other Geely brands with same systems. 
Porsche is shunning the VW Group's MEB modular electric platform, underpinning the ID3 and ID4. The ID3 we don't get here in the United States, but the ID4 is their first all-electric SUV, and that's coming soon. Um, or is, actually, they're delivering them now. Uh, Audi's, and it's also being, and the platform, the MEB platform, is also being used by Audi for its upcoming Q4 e-tron. So Porsche is developing its own premium platform for the upcoming Macan Electric. Uh, the scalable architecture is called Premium Platform Electric. And Audi, of course, will use it for the Q6 e-tron. So I guess you'll get premium or non-premium platforms. Who knows? Uh, but Porsche didn't like the, the one that they were given. Uh, rumors are swirling that the 2022 Nissan 400Z will have 400 horsepower and prices will start at 35000 which is really a bargain. Uh, it will be sporting a twin-turbo V6 uh, with a dry weight of only 3,252 pounds. Now, that's really very light for a modern car. Uh, so it's, it's kind of impressive that they, you know, that, that, that it's that light. Uh, so we should be fast and fun. Uh, production has started, so we should be seeing, you know, we should be, you know, Nissan should be doing an introduction to the car very soon, you know, to the public. I mean, there's, you know, enough of the rumors and, and you know, p little things that we see in the time for the introduction. Uh, Tesla's pushing a U.S. special uh a U.S. appeals court to reinstate an Obama-era rule enacting steeper fines for automakers that fail to meet fuel economy targets. In January, just days before Biden took office, the Trump administration delayed the implementation of this rule until 2022 model year. Um, Tesla told the second U.S. Court of Appeals that this was unlawful and diminishes the value of the performance-based uh, incentives that electric vehicle manufacturers such as Tesla and others uh, accrue uh, under the standards. According to the court, you know, that's what it says in the court documents. Apparently, the Biden administration opposes the Tesla request while saying that the National Highway Transport Traffic Safety Administration is conducting a review of the Trump of Trump's actions, but that's expected to take six months. So sort of kicking the can down the road. Um, more on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. They say that uh, the yoke steering wheel that's been uh, introduced for the new Tesla Model S and Model X does not violate its rules. Accordingly, we will, we will see it in both cars. Uh, although not on Tesla's website, there is a normal steering wheel that's available for no charge. And we've seen pictures of, uh, you know, trailers that are bringing the new models out to be uh, distributed to customers, uh, some with yoke and some without yoke steering wheels. So obviously, you know, they're asking for something. Uh, so delivery should start this week, if not already. Uh, and we'll watch for the videos on YouTube of the owners that have this and how it's working for them. A group of Illinois car dealers has filed a lawsuit against Rivian, which is based in Illinois, I might add, and the Illinois Secretary of State, Jesse White, alleging the plans to sell electric vehicles directly to consumers without going through a dealer are illegal. So, you know, that's illegal. Uh, and uh, they want the lawsuit as part of a nationwide fight between the legacy auto uh, auto companies which are selling through dealers and the new EV companies like Tesla and Rivian 
at, at, you know, and there's going to be others. It's not just those two, but those two have direct sales models. But anybody who's coming in is just as an EV is usually uh, looking to use a direct sales model. Uh, Rivian has already uh, had plans to open a Chicago showroom and argues uh, that state law prohibits manufacturers, at, but, the, but the Illinois Automobile Association argues that state law prohibits manufacturers uh, from running a new vehicle franchise. The trade group and its allies say that they're that they <laughs> the franchise dealers are vital to the state's economy and safety under the legislation and the leg, legislative purpose of the existing law. They say that the Illinois Secretary of State has abandoned its enforcement role and bowed to political pressure by agreeing to lessen its licensing requirements for certain new to the market manufacturers. First Tesla, now Rivian. Tesla litigated this issue and reached a consent order with the car, with the car dealers and the Secretary of State's office in 2019 that allows Tesla to sell directly uh, through uh, its own stores. It will get up to 13 licenses to do that. Uh, and um, I don't know why they're afraid of the competition. And believe me, they're not necessary for the safety of uh, people involved and I don't know how beneficial they are to the communities they serve anymore. They used to be, but not so much anymore. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHeart Radio. This is Todd Bianco, and we'll be right back. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24 7, 365. As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. 
Welcome back. I have some more news for you. I've got lots of it, actually. Plus, I've got a something that just came across my desk today that uh, says study reveals the cars that you should be buying new instead of used. So that's interesting because, you know, usually people say, well, buy a couple of years old, gently used car and you'll save a ton of money. And that's true for most cars, but not all. So let's go to... Um, the 2022 GMC Hummer EV, which is the first edition, uh, GM uh, auctioned off, you know, VIN 0001 for a whopping. Well, the but let's start. It starts at 112,595, which already is is in nosebleed territory. Um, that's an awful lot of money for this car, but okay, or it's a truck, I guess. It sold for $2.5 million. Oh, God. Uh, the charity, the t- is, which is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, was established to uh, honor the memory of September 11 first responders. Uh, and it was uh, for Stephen Siller. Uh, the foundation builds uh, mortgage-free ex- ex- accessible smart homes for the most catastrophically injured veterans and provides mortgage-free homes for Gold Star families and the families of first responders, kill- responders killed in the line of duty. According to Frank Siller, the chairman of the- and CEO of the Tunnel Towers Foundation, 100% of the hammer price which is 2.5 million. That's a lot. Um, uh, we'll, um, uh, we'll go to, let's see what, yeah, 100% of the hammer price will go to the, you know, doing its mission. Uh, this donation from the Hummer EV one first edition will help build homes for catastrophically injured veterans to give them independence and a better quality of life. Uh, GM is, is expected to deliver these first Hummer uh, pickup trucks, by the end of the year. Um, another uh, older Elon Musk tweet has landed him in trouble again. Surprise, surprise. On May 20th, 2018, uh, Musk tweeted unlawfully. Uh, he threatened employees with loss of stock options if they chose to be represented by the UAW. The National Labor Relations Board ordered Tesla to force Musk to remove the tweet and stop threatening employees with loss of benefits if they voted for a union. Tesla must also post a notice of its unfair labor practices at its Fremont plant and post a notice of dealing with the tweet at all, how they dealt with the tweet at all of its facilities nationwide. Tesla was also ordered to reinstate an employee fired for trying to organize a union and give him back pay. Uh, This was... um, This was Musk's May 20th tweet. He said, nothing stopping Tesla team at our car plant from voting union could do so tomorrow if they wanted. But why pay union dues and give up stock options for nothing? Our safety record is two times better than when the plant was UAW when GM and Toyota operated it together. And everybody already gets health care. So it's the second time Musk has run afoul of federal regulations on Twitter. In September 2018, Musk, Musk and Tesla agreed to pay $20 million each uh, and make concessions to settle an SEC lawsuit alleging that Musk duped investors with a statement uh, about a plan to take the company private. Hmm. 
Ford has officially issued a stop sale order of its branded wall uh, box chargers intended for its electric vehicle home charging. Uh, the halt or order was issued over a month ago on February 24th after it was discovered that some units weren't working correctly. Uh, Ford ordered uh, The Ford order applies to franchise dealers who are now being told to search third-party sites such as Amazon for alternative home charging solutions. Fortunately, there are many third-party options out there. Uh, <laughs> With which there are. If you search it on Amazon, Amazon has a whole business where they, you know, they they have the electricians and everybody that comes to your house and does assessments and charges for the installation. So, and Ford uses a standard CCS plug for charging, unlike Tesla, which uses a proprietary one for all of its cars. Ford says that it's working hard to alleviate the matter with all parties involved. Once reinstated, Ford, uh, the Ford-branded uh, 48-amp wall boxes will be capable of adding up to 28 miles of range per hour, which is pretty good. More news, more things to talk about when we get back. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Did anybody hear this the whole rumor that Volkswagen was changing its name? Uh, Volkswagen of America was going to be Volkswagen of America uh, and that they were going to use the Volkswagen uh, name on their electric cars here in the United States, and they would use their regular uh, logo on the, you know, the gasoline-powered cars. Um, Volkswagen of America actually sent out a, a formal corporate press release announcing this. Now, remember, April Fool's Day is tomorrow, not you know three or four days ago. They sent out this press release. And then they said, well, never mind. It was just a, you know, PR gig. And and people, you know, the automotive journalists were just really pissed off at them because, okay, if you're going to be make it as a joke, then do it on April 1st and, you know, make it a joke. But they actually had a formal corporate press release. Now, remember that this is Volkswagen who was selling us a clean diesel. Remember that one? Uh, and of course, they got caught in the you know Dieselgate scandal and you know major polluting vehicles and all that. Um, so Volkswagen has a lot of mea culpas to do in order for it to uh, you know be, have a more credibility with the press. So when they come out with something like this and pretend like it's real for a day or two and then say, "Yeah, just kidding," uh, it pisses people off. So I so they are not changing their name to Volkswagen of America, although I guess they got a lot of PR for it. But, you know, the the press that they are supposed to be, you know, having fun with, we're not having fun with it. I saw this uh, today, I think, that says this is a study by iccars.com. So I, you know, the, the, the little letter I, S-E-E 
cars, C-A-R-S.com, where they analyzed over $2.6 million million cars sold between August 2020 and mid-March 2021. So this is, you know, pretty fresh. Uh, That new cars included in the analysis were from model years 2020 and 2021. And, you know, while lightly used cars were defined as used vehicles from those from 2019 and 2020. Uh, Low volume models were excluded from this analysis, as were cars uh, with outlier mileages and models discontinued as of the 2020 model year. The average asking price of the lightly used cars were compared to those of new cars from the uh, same model year. The difference in price for each car is expressed as a percentage of the new average prices ranked by, by this in you know difference. So they, you know, number one is, and then number seven. So let's just start at the bottom is number 15 is the Chevy Silverado 1500, a pickup truck. And a brand new one is 11% more than a slightly used one. So they think that that, you know, is 11% really worth it when, you know, we're also told that, you know, depreciation is between 20 and 50% after a couple of years. And uh, so that's not the case with that particular model. Number 14 is the Toyota 4Runner. Now, the Toyota 4Runner has been on this list for years. I, I remember telling people never to buy, you know, don't even bother buying a used uh, uh, 4Runner because, You'll pay so much for the used version, even one with higher mileage. I mean, it's just ridiculous how much some of these things sell for. Um, Toyota tends to retain a lot of resale value in some of the you know trucks that they make. Uh, the Subaru WRX, which is sort of their you know racing version of the of of the, uh, of, of, an, of an Impreza, uh, it only drops ten point two percent. So it's probably. Uh, and, and, you know, the actual dollars, they do give it in dollars, uh, $3,506, you know, is it really worth it when, you know, you could probably get at least a little bit of it off on, on, you know, the top end from the dealer, the Jeep Wrangler, that's one that's been on this list as well for many, many years, I believe, uh, and it's, a, you know, it only loses 9.9% in about $3,700, uh, the Hyundai Palisade is a relatively new one to this uh, list. Uh, it's number 11. It only loses 9.8% or $4,488. Uh, and it's uh, it's twin, the Kia Telluride, however, it comes in at number three, where it only drops 5.7% or $2,456. Both of these models are very highly coveted. Uh, they're nice looking. They offer a lot for the money. The interiors are outstanding, you know, really pushing luxury as opposed to just being a, you know, a, a, a standard brand. Uh, you know, both of these Korean companies are doing really outstanding work on their interiors. And, you know, exterior styling is very appealing to people as well. Uh, At number nine is the, uh, number 10 is the Honda Civic Hatchback. Uh, It only drops 8.9% or about $2,300. Number eight, another another perennial uh, favorite on this list is the Toyota Tundra. Now, the Tundra is the full-size pickup truck that Toyota makes. It hasn't been redesigned in 12 years. Yet somehow, even at its dinosaur age, if you buy one, it only drops like 8.3% in one year. So don't even bother or waste your time, you know, getting something new. Um, number seven is the GMC Sierra. 
which is the twin to the uh, number 15 uh, Chevy Silverado. But the Sierra, uh, the GMC version of it, is a little bit nicer, a little more gussied up version. And it'll, it only drops 8.2% or $4,000. And then there's the very highly uh, coveted, and it doesn't last long on lots, the Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. They have lots of the uh, the uh, 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 regular RAV4s. Those are you know a dime a dozen on the lots of Toyota. But the hybrid, with its outstanding fuel economy and its all-wheel drive standard, is really a very nice package. As is the uh, Toyota. It's not on this list, but it, they're they're very hard to find too. Is the Toyota RAV4 Prime, which is the plug-in version of the RAV4, which uses like a you know it's like the the Prius Prime's uh, drivetrain, and it is you know very hard to get. On number five on the list is the Jeep Gladiator. Now, that only came out, you know, several months, maybe a year ago. And uh, people have been waiting in line for that car and dealers have been asking, you know, ridiculous markups on it. But, you know, it only dropped 7% in one, you know, in the year or two that it's out there uh, or $3,370. So that is uh, one that you probably should buy new if you can find one on the lot. Now, a more regular uh, truck is the Ford Ranger. I guess Ford can't sell enough of those fast enough. And it only is, it's at number four on the list and it only drops 7.1% or $2,416. So again, better to buy a brand new Ford Ranger than, uh, you know, than, than a slightly used one. Now, number three, we talked about the Kia Telluride. And then number two is always on this list as well, the Toyota Tacoma. Um, you know, it's Toyota's midsize pickup truck that, you know, one that's 20 years old will sell for as much as the sticker price. Uh, I watch these all the time on bring a trailer and uh, nice versions of these, as well as the, uh, uh, forerunner routinely sell for pretty high margin, you know, at pretty high prices, uh, easily close to, or more than the sticker price, depending on which model year and how old it is and how few miles or how well it's been taken care of. Uh, but the Toyota Tacoma is, I mean, is almost always on the list. That's the pickup truck, uh, highly coveted, some, you know, midsize pickup trucks that are used by contractors all everywhere that I see. Uh, and number one on the list, people are going to hate me because it's number one, but uh, it's the Tesla Model 3. Uh, the Tesla Model 3 takes the number one spot primarily because the 2020 model got a price reduction and used car inventory for Model 3s is incredibly limited. Um, no one is surprised to see that, you know, so so it's on the list. It only drops 2.1% or $923. Um so, you know, and no one's surprised to see the Tacoma Forerunner and Wrangler on this list. Uh, the, the Palisade and Telluride managed to get up there on the top on this list as well. So good for them. And uh, pop, But uh, surprisingly popular models like the, the Toyota Highlander and the Honda Pilot and Subaru, Out, Subaru Outback did not make the list. And those have been hard to find as well. So I'm surprised that they're not there. But, you know, it could have been a crowded, uh, crowded, uh, number of cars that were close to the top 15. So I just, uh, those are going to be hard to find as well. Uh, the Outback particularly and the Highlander are ones that are always in demand, no matter whether they're old or they're brand new, they're always in demand. <clears throat> 
Bentley Motor Company. Let's talk about them for a minute. You know, Bentley is the unit of Volkswagen AG, and it's at the forefront of electrification, even if it has a small fleet. Uh, management would like you to know that it's slick powerful W12 gasoline engine is not dead, and not for a while. Uh, Bentley's flagship products have been powered by iterations of the W12 engine since the venerable British automaker was taken over by Volkswagen over 20 years ago. Uh, and it was a VW engine, a VW made it, and of course, it was way too expensive to stick in uh, you know, Volkswagen products, so it was a much better fit for either an Audi or a Bentley. Audi used it for a while, but it hasn't used it in a long time, but Bentley uses it all the time. Uh, the latest version of the 12-cylinder engine graces the 2022 uh, Bentley Continental GT Speed, um, which is really quite lovely, um, and uh, as well as the top version of the 2021 Flying Spur, which is their uh, flagship product. Uh, however, Bentley CEO Adrian Hallmark would like you to know that the six-liter twin-turbo uh, W12 still has lots of life. Um, with its unveiling, with the unveiling of the Speed model, um, Hall, you know they noted that the W12 is essentially a new engine. They've done so many upgrades to it. Uh, it's sort of the pinnacle of the Bentley brand and the foundation of the Continental GT, and it's the uh, cleanest, believe it or not, W12 ever built. Uh, and subsequent improvements to it, although not new ones. Um, in other words, they're not going to make a new one, but improvements should keep it viable even with higher emission requirements. Uh, Bentley set its own deadline of 2026 for electrification, whatever that means. Um, I think that really means a lot of them will be hybrids and then maybe be one or two battery electric plugins. Uh, but uh, and, and there may be a plug-in hybrid as well. So I, but you know, Bentley says their entire fleet will be electrified by 2026, and probably by 2030, all of them will be electric. But the W12 somehow fits in there, uh, and will probably be sandwiched between the transmission and the engine, some sort of a, a electric motor that will give it some oomph uh, and make it even faster. Of course, fast is always good for a Bentley. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them to do that. I mean, because it does, you know, it is important for them, I understand. I think probably one of the last ones you'll see is uh, the Porsche 911 getting uh, the electric treatment. I mean, it's, you know, Porsche, I'm sure, is, you know, you know, wringing its hands over the issue. But eventually it will have to, you know, do its uh, signature 911 flat six um it boxer engine into some sort of an electrified model, even if it never goes all electric, but at some point it will. Well, <clears throat> so we've got lots more to come, but we're going to talk about a, a new Tesla thing in the San, San Bernardino. And uh, in the next hour, John McMullen and I will be talking, bring a trailer. And we've got lots of interest, interesting ones for you this week, as well as auction results from last week. Uh, but we'll be right back after these words. And this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHub Radio.
Todd Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before I went on the air today, John McMullen gave me a news flash about something that was going on in San Bernardino. And it says that electric car giant Tesla will work out of a 300 will work out of a 320,000 square foot warehouse in northern San Bernardino. Uh, but what they'll be doing there remains a mystery. On Monday, the city of San Bernardino confirmed Tesla will be operating a 20-acre facility with more than 5,000 uh, square feet of op- 500,000 square feet of office space. Um, neither the city nor Tesla has confirmed what the building will be used for. Uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk and the San Bernardino County Transportation Authority are also in negotiations to build an underground uh, people mover connecting Rancho Cucamonga with the uh, Ontario airport. Now, uh, that particular thing is uh, probably done through Musk's boring company, uh, which is the one that does underground tunnels. They've just completed a huge thing in Las Vegas that it will be operational, I don't know, within a month or two. Uh, it's, it's really quite spectacular what they did then in Las Vegas. And, um, I, you know, they're doing a negotiation right now with something in Fort Lauderdale. And I'm sure there's other people that are interested in what they're doing because they can make a tunnel quicker and faster and more, much more economically than almost anybody out there. Um, and all they do is they put uh, basically skate, you know, elect, you know, electric skateboards uh, for cars, uh, basically a Tesla Model X probably, uh, to scoot people along uh, one after another after another uh, through these tunnels. Uh, so I guess that they're looking at something from, uh, you know, from from Rancho Cucamonga to the airport. That would be kind of cool. Um, but uh, what they're going to be doing there is it's not it's not SpaceX. So it's definitely Tesla. And if it's offices, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I was going I thought for a moment if it was warehouse space that they would be using it as a distribution center for Southern California because there's so many cars that come here from the factory. And we're going to be getting cars in from. Uh, Austin, Texas, fairly soon. I mean, Austin is in, you know, they, they are building these things at lightning speed. And I know that Musk plans on having Model Y uh, production in Austin uh, by the end of this year. We'll see if it happens. But he also plans on starting Cybertruck production uh, late this year with full production coming next year. And Cybertrucks will be going all over the country and they will probably need to be. Um, some sort of distribution centers for that, but uh, that this is not going to be it. And if it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's design, you know, who knows? It could be a design facility, but it's awfully big for, for, for the, you know, for something, uh, but good, good for San Bernardino and good for Tesla. Uh, there is some good news for the three pedal cars, you know, Things that have a clutch, most of you probably don't drive one, but maybe you have distant memories of driving a car with a uh, manual transmission. There's not many left that offer them. And, you know, some of them, you know, are popular, but they don't sell in large numbers. But 
interestingly, the 2022 Ford Bronco, which isn't even available yet, they offer two transmissions right now. There's a seven-speed automatic, which is really six normal gears and one low crawler gear, or a six-speed manual. The manual transmission is available only with the uh, entry-level 2.3-liter EcoBoost four-cylinder engine. Uh, So far, the take rate for the manual transmission is an impressive 18%. you know, compared to the Wrangler, which is sort of its 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 competitor, uh, the take rate of uh, manuals on those is only ten percent. Uh, but only cars like the Subaru WRX, which is low volume, Mazda MX-5, Miata, and VW GTI have higher take rates for manual. And all of those are, you know, sort of, you know, they're not they're not the volume sellers in any one of those portfolios for those companies. So it's not dead yet, and there are people who still want it. Uh, Rivian, although they haven't uh, delivered any of their cars yet, they're very close to that. I noticed that there was a bunch of uh, R1S and R1T. uh, R1S is the SUV, and the R1T is the pickup truck, seen with uh, camouflage on in the Coachella Valley. Uh, in Palm Springs, as a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago. Uh, I guess they were just testing in the desert or whatever they may be doing, but they were out there testing, and they will be available for sale, the truck within a few months with like maybe three months and the SUV maybe in five months. But they just announced their warranty, and it's pretty damn good. Uh, The battery warranty for the R1T pickup and R1S SUV uh, is eight years or 175,000 miles, whichever comes first. And that's compared to Tesla, which as long as warranty is eight years and 150,000 miles. So it beats Tesla on that and covers up to – but Tesla covers up to a 70% uh, degradation in the original battery, so they guarantee it won't drop below 70%. Uh, the Model 3 and Model Y only covers 120,000 miles. And in addition, Rivian is offering a five-year, 60,000-mile uh, six, yeah, 60, uh, new vehicle warranty and an eight-year, 175,000 drivetrain warranty on both vehicles. Uh, Tesla only offers a four-year, 50,000-mile warranty as its standard uh, warranty. But, you know, like, like any SUV... Uh, neither uh, Tesla doesn't uh, even recommend any service. The only thing we do is is uh, tires and cabin filters, but there's very little service to actually happen. Even brakes don't on an EV because your braking is done mostly by regenerative braking, which is basically when you let your foot off the uh, accelerator, the uh, electric motors reverse and become generators, and they slow the cars down quite quickly. Uh, you know, different levels of regen can be dialed in. You know, there's usually selections uh, that you can see the selections on uh, the Tesla. I know they'll be selectable on the Rivian and they're selectable on the uh, Volkswagen uh, ID4. Although I believe the regen is not as, as, as strong as it is, but the Nissan Leaf has very strong regen. Uh, but because of the regen, because the, the you know one pedal driving essentially is what we call it, um, you don't really need to have brakes changed very often. Usually, you can go 100, 120,000 miles without ever having to change the, the you know the brake pads. Uh, so so you have you know long life on that. When we come back though. What we'll have is we'll have bring a trailer. Now, we've got some very interesting auction results that I think are going to really surprise some people. And I know they'll surprise John. Uh, 
and, and of course, our picks for, for this week. Uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So join us next hour uh, for Bring a Trailer. This is Todd Bianco, all revved up on iHub Radio. 